you know, you may not like the particular person who got voted in, but respect the larger process of how we do our government and how we have our checks and balances. Um, and again, in marriage, look at the larger process. Don't get caught up in the small things. Look at the big picture and what the relationship is offering you. Uh, and if you basically have a good relationship that works, then try to be more forgiving for the smaller points and um, allow for the uh, little misgivings along the way. How do you move forward when you lose or fail to get the outcome that you seek? Dr. Karen Sherman weighs in with some timely advice. Stay tuned. I have a confession. I don't want to talk about the holiday season, but I have to because a little planning is necessary, and I don't want you to miss this opportunity, and the holidays are right around the corner. With all the added responsibilities and commitments about to land on your plate, let us take care of your beverage concerns. Go to hitchmag.com, click the Wine Club link, and you'll have amazing wine delivered to your door. Sure, you can share it with your in-laws during a holiday meal, or you and your spouse can sneak away on a mini date night to enjoy your special bottle. In fact, we include date ideas with each shipment. If you find a wine you like, huge discounts are available for reorder, sometimes up to 50% off. We think you'll like this so much that gift options are also available so you can share the love. To learn more, visit hitchmag.com and click the Wine Club link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original, the lovely Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness in the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get this info at her website, drkarensherman.com. Um, and uh, with that being said, we today, Karen, are going to talk about how to hit the reset button when you lose. Um, one of the things that uh, we hear often is that losing is a character builder. Uh, and and I do agree with that. But I also believe that that is only true uh, if you learn something from that loss. And so to get this thing going, what do you think people should take away when they lose or they have some sort of failure in their life where the outcome wasn't what they desired? Well, I, I agree with you, Steve. I think that there's a lot to be learned. Uh, the first thing is that you don't look at it as a failure. Um, change or um, movement never takes place as a constant uphill. Uh, there's always going to be challenges. If you think back to really, really beginning, when you learn to walk, you don't just get up and walk. You get up, you stumble, you fall, uh, but you keep getting up. And so I think it's really important that you have the attitude that you're not going to do um, whatever challenge or whatever task you're going to uh, try perfectly and there's going to be mishaps along the way or stumbling blocks or whatever you want to call it and that 
those are opportunities for you to learn, reassess, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it has to do with your attitude. Okay. Uh, While you were talking about uh, how we learn to walk and we stumble and we get back up and all that stuff, um, that reminded me of some research I read a while back. uh, And this was targeted in the business sector about the benefits of hiring millennials. And in general, I just hate anything that categorizes people like this. But the information I thought was interesting, which talked about one of the benefits of the millennial generation, and I would argue we can go back further than that, is that they grew up playing video games. Mm. And there's a lot of talk about are video games good or video games bad, blah, blah, blah. But one of the benefits that this research found was that a generation that had grown up playing video games had this level of baked-in failure and attrition in their character because they had grown up, uh, you know, dying, crashing, losing mm. at all these levels, and then they continue to go forward. They continue to play. They keep going on. Um, and I just thought that was interesting. And so when you talked about how we learn to fall down and get back up, um, you know, you know, I know people have a, lo- a, a variety of opinions on video games, but that is one of the things that you don't pass the level you keep trying again so yes and i think let me just say one thing that that generation does tend to do change much more easily they don't get as locked into i'm doing this and i i stick with it um there are benefits and you know certain uh drawbacks to it but for instance they take a job and they're willing to change it much more easily than people of generations earlier than them Mm -hmm. were not willing to do so you know with any situation there's an upside and a downside uh i don't want to get off on a tangent on this no, no. Yes. <laughs> but, but i but I, me back on track no, no 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 i just actually wanted to add one last thing on the point that you just made about them not wanting to stay with the job as i feel like there's also variables to that which is you don't have the same corporate loyalty that you once did where the right. employer will keep you for 30 years as soon as you right. become too expensive we have seen a habit and pattern of businesses saying like well off to the curb we got to cut some expenses yeah, so yeah, anyway yeah um okay so back on track here okay uh, <laughs> uh okay so whether uh when we're talking marriage when we're talking relationships you know whether it's an argument that you're having with your spouse or uh maybe you have started some sort of weight loss program or you're trying to get in shape Um, we know that you will not always succeed in your attempt. So if you're trying to get a point across in an argument, sometimes you win, sometimes your spouse wins, and perhaps winning isn't even the proper uh, word to describe it. But um, if you find that you haven't gotten, again, the results that you were looking for, and um, you mentioned not looking at it as a failure, but the attempt wasn't as successful as you wanted it to be. What should people keep in mind to move forward? I think that you have to, you know, in general, say, okay, let me reassess the situation. Let me see what I could have done differently. Whether it is in your relationship, whether it's in a weight loss program, for instance, let's do weight because that's that's something that I've always struggled with my whole life. So for years, um, I really wasn't watching my calories. Mm-hmm. And so I finally realized, okay, you really have to watch your calories. And then I hit lots of walls and still wasn't losing the kind of weight I wanted. And I finally had to succumb to the idea of, 
I must exercise because without exercise, I wasn't really going to get the kind of results I wanted. And as I got older and my metabolism slowed down, again, I ran into some problems and I finally realized I had to do portion control. The point being that um, you've got to constantly be reassessing you know, what the situation is. So now if we go into relationships, if you're not getting the results you want, then it would behoove you to say, okay, what could I be doing differently that might get a different result? Because we know one of the definitions of insanity is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expect to get a different result. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've often worked with clients where they'll say to me, well, I've tried everything. And then, you know, when I come up with a couple of other possibilities, say, well, no, I didn't try everything. Or, um, you know, I said it just like you did. And then when we look at it more closely, they really didn't say it exactly the way I've suggested. Uh And if you do, you know, um, approach your mate in even a slightly different way, it can make a huge difference. So I think, again, the point is that you have to look at what you've done and really observe what you've been doing and what you might do differently. Mm, okay. And and I love that too because we there are just so many variables that happen. Um, there's the variables within your life, there's the variables within your spouse's life, there's the variables of the environment of which you're in, and those can all play a factor in getting the results that you want. So you might, maybe you did approach your spouse a very particular way that was the right way, but maybe they had a terrible day at work and their mind was someplace else and they were already frustrated. So their brain was thinking about something else and kind of shut down and wasn't going to be receptive no matter how you presented it. Right. Um, That kind of a thing. So, yes. And the other thing also is that you have to really know who your partner is because each of us have different sensitivities um, and we've got to take those into consideration uh, or at least I think that you ought to take them into consideration so that um, you know what's going to push your partner's buttons or what will make things a little bit easier in dealing with your partner. Yeah, okay. Okay, so for instance, I'm working with a couple where um, he is well aware that based on her background, she often doesn't feel like she matters. So if if she brings something to him, it would be terribly foolish for him to just sort of poo-poo it and say like, oh, what are you making such a big deal out of it? Because for her, that's going to just really um, set off all kinds of buttons for her because that to her smacks of, you know, I'm bringing something to you and, and you're dismissing it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he really cares about her and he really um, wants to get along better with her, then he has to know he has to take special care with the fact that she has, um, you know, a, a special sensitivity to feeling like she matters. Yeah. Okay. Um, when let's just, okay, so let's just say that you are having some sort of a disagreement with your spouse. Is there a point that? you should recognize that um, like concede that they have won in this disagreement or that they're uh, not going to concede to you what you want and so you have to move on or reassess or uh, getting back to the whole premise of hitting the reset button 
when things aren't going your way? I would like to reframe that. Okay. I would say, you know, because when, when I'm working with couples and we talk about different people having different needs and how do they decide whose needs are more important. And basically the rule of thumb that I've used is if there's something that comes up that is really, really, really important to one and not so important to the other, you give in to the person who really feels strongly about something. And, you know, you need to have a discussion about why it's important to you or, you know, why it's something that's so emotionally driven for you. And if it's equally important to both of you, then you have to compromise. Um, So it's not a matter of winning or losing. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of working with each other, understanding each other, um, trying to uh, be aware again of of each other. Now, if you ask me that same question about um, pursuing let's say, a project or um, something that you're going after. I tend to be a very persistent person. Um, but there are times that I have to let go of something and not, you know, know when it's enough already. Um, and that's a hard thing to do for somebody who's very persistent. You And, and my advice to others and to myself is, you give yourself a timeline, so to speak. So, for instance, there was something that I had really dedicated myself to that I really wanted to try professionally. And I had decided after speaking to my spouse that I was going to really dedicate myself to it for five years, which is a long time, but it was something that really needed um, intense work if it was going to go anywhere mm-hmm. for you know an extended period of time. But after five years... Um, when I was not getting the kind of results that I should have been after the amount of time and energy and money I had put into it, I had to say, okay, this is really, you know, not getting what I want. And so it's time to let go of it. And I think it's important for people to know that if you keep going after something and after something and after something and you're not getting the results and along the way you you do need to reassess and look to see, okay, this isn't working. Let me try something else. But if everything you're trying is not working, then it may very well be that it's time to let go of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. I I think you highlighted a good point there, which is you do try different things before you call it quits because uh, that would be important to know. Um, Now, there are certain situations where you don't like the outcome and there is nothing you can do to change it. And uh, I am thinking specifically because it's when we're recording this, we're in the height of pol- pol- politics and presidential races and things of that nature. Um, so somebody will become the president uh, and somebody's party will lose. Um, what do you do when uh, y- your person that you want, believe, etc., doesn't get into office? And you know that you are going to have to live um, by the rules established by the other side, I suppose. Well, if we're going to talk about our politics, uh, I remember, I believe it was the the last election um, where we did the changing of the guard. I'm talking about when Obama came into um, power. Mm-hmm. 
or came into becoming president. And one of the commentators in watching the inauguration said how beautiful it was that in our country, in the democracy that we have, it goes so lovely that there's no uh, upheavals, there's no rebellions. It's just a very democratic process where one person steps down and the other person takes charge now and it goes so smoothly and so lovely and and that that was really what was such a marvelous situation in our country um and so yes one per person is going to win and one person is going to lose and it is my sincere hope that when that happens in november um the uh people of our country will believe in the higher principles of either candidate and say, okay, um, we have to trust our democratic process. We have to go with whoever becomes president. We have to know that in truth, it's not really one person who runs the country. We have lots of checks and balances. We have a Congress. Uh, even the president, though he, he or she has veto power, um, doesn't really run the country mm -hmm. and so um, we have to just sort of trust the democracy that we have established and if we're not happy in four years we get to change it again and so we don't take to the streets or um, you know really excuse me for being so unsophisticated, go crazy or nuts because we're mm -hmm. unhappy. Well, I was going to, um, two things. One, uh, you don't even have to wait four years. You can, you know, change one of the branches of government or at least mm -hmm. shift it within two mm -hmm. for Congress. Um, and then the other thing um, to kind of tie this into the broader spectrum of things, um, so part of it, and I, I agree with you and I agree with the commentator that you're referring to about the, the transition that we have in our democracy of handing over power is remarkable. And I think it's something we do take for granted. And I was actually having this conversation with somebody the other day about we have the an individual who hands over the reins of the most powerful seat on the entire planet every four to eight years mm -hmm. in a peaceful process that is acknowledged and recognized. And I think that is one of the greatest strengths of our country mm -hmm. is that we do hand over that power willingly, which is, it's insane to think about when you think about all these other uh, countries across the world where they have wars and battles and civil uprisings and all these other things for it. So anyways, that's amazing. So one of the things that I, I think though, is that, um, and I wanted to ask you about is, do, do, does there need to be some sort of inherent respect, not necessarily of the person taking over, but the process or the outcome or the system? So, for example, if you and your spouse are arguing, you it, you can still think that their decision is wrong or their opinions are wrong, but you respect them, so you accept it. Is that part of... Um, being able to accept and move forward and hitting that reset button is just just an overt respect of the system itself? Yeah, well, yes, I do think so. And I think that I often tell my couples that, you know, you it, it's a comes with <laughs> is the expression I use. In other words, that you've got to look at the whole person. 
uh, you've got to accept the good with the bad. And with every trait, there's an upside and a downside. So in other words, um, somebody is a very, very nice and generous person. And that's lovely. But they might also, therefore, be paying uh, extra money to their ex that uh, you think they really shouldn't be. Well, there's the downside of being so generous. But you've got to look at the whole picture. And so, you know, to your point of respect, respect the process, respect the person, and don't get so thrown by the smaller points. Look at the bigger picture. So in the same respect as you were pointing out with politics, you know, you may not like the particular person who got voted in, but respect the larger process of how we do our government and how we have our checks and balances. Um, and again, in marriage, look at the larger process. Don't get caught up in the small things. Look at the big picture and what the relationship is offering you. Uh, and if you basically have a good relationship that works, then try to be more forgiving for the smaller points and um, allow for the uh, little misgivings along the way. Okay. Um, and, and I feel like you've, you've probably hit on this, but uh, I, I just want to kind of make sure I didn't miss anything. So when you, when you hit that reset button um, to move forward on something that didn't go uh, according to plan, uh, whether it's an argument with your spouse or the weight loss program or whatever, um, you just talked about having that macro view of things to mm -hmm. put things in perspective. Uh, is there anything else that people should keep in mind as they uh, attempt to move forward? Well, I think it's really important that if something's really, really upsetting you with your partner, you need to talk about it because if you just try to stuff it down that's not really going to go away. It's just going to build up and build up and build up and then it's going to leak in some form or you're going to explode and all of a sudden you're going to have, you know, major issues. So if something's really bothering you, then you do need to talk about it. But if you're going to let it go, let it go, okay? Um, don't say you're letting it go and you're really not. So if, if you're letting it go, let it go. And if you see that it's nudging you, if it's really bothering you, talk about it. And when you talk about it, own it. In other words, say, this is, you know, this is something that's bothering me. I want to share it with you. I want to share it so we can clear the air because maybe we've miscommunicated or maybe I've misunderstood something or whatever. In other words, you don't want to attack your partner and then do so. Clear the air. Look mm -hmm. for where the miscommunication was, where the misunderstanding was, and then move on. Is there um, an element of this? I, I'm thinking about um, some friends of mine that I have um, where I actually embrace their disagreements with me because I feel like it strengthens my thoughts and opinions because they come at things at such a different point of view than mm -hmm. I do. And, mm -hmm. and again, I'm, t I'm talking politics. Like I have very different politics than they do. Mm -hmm. And I love having conversations with them because they make me think about why I believe in the things that I believe mm -hmm. in and on mm -hmm. um, all that kind of stuff. So is there a point where, yeah, um, I, I disagree with them. I recognize that I disagree with them, but I actually embrace it and I love it because it challenges my my points of view going 
going forward? Well, I, you're a unique person in that way, I believe, Steve, because not many people can do that. Stay open and hear and want to really be curious about another person's point of view with the idea that maybe I could learn something. Um, I think if more of us could do that, um, we would all be in a better place. Um, just like if we all were um, more open to people who were different from us. Um, but um, unfortunately, I think many of us are almost afraid to um, hear other opinions in some way. I think it's a lot of what happens is that we're, we're um, fear-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think that that would be a great attitude that we could take. Um, which brings me to, um, I'm going to beat you to the punch where you say, do I have anything else to <laughs> um, Wait, before, before you get there, I, while, I, while I have this thought in my head, so the curious uh, and curiosity thing that you just mentioned, there is a, a really good book um, it's by Brian Glazer, who is like a Hollywood uh, producer. He works with um, Ron Howard. Uh, anyways, it's called – it's either called Curious or Curiosity. And basically, he goes and tells all these stories about how he has this curious nature and he fulfills that curiosity gap by sitting down with people randomly and just people who he finds interesting – um, and just has these like long conversations with them. Anyways, it's 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 really good. It's really interesting, and I and I think it does fulfill some of that stuff that you were just talking about. Of most people aren't like me, uh, where they have that innate curiosity to find out what makes people tick. Um, but that book kind of explores that and talks about how that's missing. Uh, to your point, um, and and you know the benefits of being curious. So, anyways. Yes. Uh, and, and again, I think that m- you have to be respectful. You have to have the mindset of, wow, you might actually have an opinion that's different than mine. And I want to hear about it because I could actually learn my opinion doesn't necessarily have to be the right one. Yeah. And, and that's hard and- for to do <laughs> and also it's like you can you your opinion could still be the right one and guess what theirs could be the right one too one and I think <laughs> and I think that's the thing that like blows some people's minds like it's yeah. not a winner takes all scenario right. and all things right. so right. um and uh and your uh any final tips yes. and one last thing yes. <laughs> so most people think in a relationship that the three most important words are I love you but they're not ready i'm ready maybe you're right uh i like that and i have to say i don't remember who i heard it from it's not mine but if you say to your partner maybe you're right it ends conflict it shows respect and again it leaves room for this curiosity Mm. so maybe you're right i like that yeah yeah it's great do you um uh, you said you don't remember who said it, right? Oh, I don't. I okay. apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. If I if if either of us come across it, we'll share that information. Okay. Um well, this was fantastic, Karen. Um I've already thrown my final question in there so my whole routine's off but (laughs) we will wrap this up I hope this was helpful um, because I do know that there is going to be a swath of Americans who are going to be disappointed with the outcome of uh, 
the election um, regardless of what side you're on. And I know even people who are on the winning side may feel slightly disappointed. Um, but, you know, it, there are things you can do. There are checks and balances that Karen has discussed. Um, and we get to try different things. These are all learning opportunities. And I think that's um, one of the benefits of all this stuff. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Karen. It's always appreciated. Always interesting. Look forward to doing it again soon. As do I, Steve. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I want to remind everybody that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, uh, who you can get information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Karen is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Uh, You can find those books at her website uh, on Amazon on our website hitchedmag.com we have a bookstore uh it's there's a link to it on our homepage, um and you can also find us on all the social platforms as i repeatedly mention uh and i highly recommend you sign up for our newsletter it's uh, the best easiest quickest fastest way to stay up to date on all the things that we do um and including the including the podcast because uh we let you know what this week's episode is about uh each monday when that newsletter goes out and it's free by the way so uh if you're on it tell your spouse so that you're both uh on the same page so one last time thank you so much karen Thank you, Steve. Bye-bye. All right. Take care, everybody.